Well, good morning. <laughs> um, as many of you know, um, I've been making the rounds, um, trying to get to know more of you more. And uh, man, are you guys a motley crew? <laughs> no, <laughs> in a great way. And um, among the groups that I got to spend time with uh, this past week, I spent a few minutes, um, well, the, the group, uh, I call the group uh, Muffin and the Quilters, or Muffet in the Quilters, but uh, I'm, learn, I'm learning it's not a quilt, uh, it's a blanket or a quillow, and um, the real ministry is called Patterned After Jesus. And uh, so I went into the fellowship hall. They meet uh, uh, usually the first Saturday of each month, as I understand it, from about 10.30 on. And I went into the fellowship hall. It looks like one of those old textile factories, you know, with tables lined up and these women just working feverishly on all of these blankets. And and they're cutting the edges and and they're tucking them. And um, I stood there for a while, but nobody let me cut or tuck. Uh, and uh, probably wise on their part, but they did put me to work uh, at least uh, briefly. Um, uh, I learned how to rap. And, and no, it's not. But it, I actually, I could, I could handle tying a ribbon around a rolled blanket, and I had to color coordinate the ribbon. So you know, it took a little. But uh, anyway, just an amazing ministry. Um, boy, they share their blankets and, and, and donate them to uh, disabled folks, to the VA, to uh, 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 victims of uh, domestic abuse. Um, I think also to uh, uh, the oncology department and the children's ward. And just to hear some of the stories of what a blessing a, a warm blanket can be. And um, I've decided to, to add something um, to my quest to, to visit more of the ministries. Um, if you give me something, I'll come more. <laughs> and <laughs> Kidding. Actually, uh, a few months ago, actually a few years ago, uh, Muffet was kind enough to make this for me. Because, um, see, and it's, yeah, isn't that great? And... Um, you know, I, I, it is my absolute favorite blanket because uh, I am such a, a Denver Broncos fan. <laughs> so I just, I just love this quilt. Thank you, Muffet. <laughs> you know, if I don't put this Bronco side up, you won't listen to a word I say. We, Okay. Although the Broncos and Steelers have something in common, they're both not in the Super Bowl today, are they? Uh, I wish one of them was, I really do. Um, um, Well, hey, uh, if you were here last week, you got a hint at a new sermon series that's starting today. It's one, gosh, we're really excited about. It's called Square One. And um, if you were here last week, then I know... One of the reasons that you came back this week was so you could see that preview video again, previewing the series, right? Yeah, I'm not going to show it to you until next week. No, I'll show it to you. Now, the series called Square One, we're going to ask ourselves here at the beginning of the year, 
uh, sort of a, a self-analytical tool on, 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 on who we are and where are we going. Big questions, individually and also collectively as a church. And to get at those questions of who are we and where are we going, our leadership team, uh, God put on our hearts three main areas, three buckets, if you will, of how to organize this series and to answer that question of who are we and where are we going. As you watch the video, see if you can guess what those three areas are. Let's take a look. Square one. There's something about it, something about it, isn't it? That are, you know, are you ready to join the Fellowship of the Ring and go marching into Mordor? <laughs> yeah, something about the music, something about, boy, it's powerful. It's like we're about to embark on a grand quest. And I'll tell you what I'm feeling a little bit. You know how when um, 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 there's a coming movie and you see like the preview for a movie? And you see the preview, and it's like really, really good. And your expectations go way up there. It's going to be the best movie ever. And then you go to the movie, and it's, it, it, it's not. Well, I feel a little bit about like that right now. <laughs> and um, I keep telling John, stop making the video introductions better than the series. Okay? So... <laughs> we got a lot to live up to, and so we're pulling out all the stops, including Nathan Harrison is going to be preaching again next week. Right, Nathan? Yeah. So we want to see Nathan next week. And, uh, boy, really all the stops are coming out because a few weeks after that, um, Ryan Long may come back up on the platform. Now, now Ryan needs a little extra encouragement to, to, to preach again. So do you want to hear Ryan Long and what he has to say? Yeah, see, Ryan, you're going to think twice before texting me in the middle of a sermon, <laughs> right? <laughs> All right, well, it is a grand quest uh, that we're about to tackle in going back to square one. Um, it may not be the Fellowship of the Ring, but it's certainly something like a Fellowship of the Cross, right? 
So we're going to charge up the hill uh, that the Lord has set before us and um, see what he does in that experience over the next few weeks. Um, you know, we thought that uh, the beginning part of the year, it's always a good time to go back to square one, to, um, you know, uh, reboot the cell phone by turning it off and on once in a while, uh, hitting the reset button, and to ask ourselves questions like, who are we and where are we going? And that's what we're going to be doing in this series. Uh, and maybe from time to time, maybe each year, you know, it's a good practice to go back and ask those questions of ourselves, those questions of our church, just to help make sure we're all on the same page, we're all pulling on the same oar in the same direction, and that we're focused on what God wants us focused on, and to make sure that as we build on square one and we get out to square 57, that we're still on the trajectory that God has for us here at um, West Bowles. And so who are we, West Bowles, and where are we going? As, um, as many of you know, because we've emphasized it, especially over the past few years, Jesus gives us a very broad summary of who we are and where we're going. When he summarizes all of Scripture in two commands, love God and love others. And that's the summary of what we need to be. West Bowles is a place where we love God and love others. So please stand for the benediction and enjoy the Super Bowl. Yeah, but not so fast. Can we drill down a bit more into that very big, very broad summary of, of what we're all about? If indeed Jesus is correct, as he tends to be, and we are all about loving God and loving others, it seems like we should then ask next, what does loving God and loving others look like specifically? And what does that look like here at West Bowles specifically? And what I mean by that is uh, every Christian church, I should hope, is about loving God and loving others. But different churches, different parts of the body have different emphases and different focus and different leanings and different roles even to play um, in how they go about loving God and loving others. And so what's, what's West Bull's expression of love God and love others look like? How especially does West Bowles, does this people of God, do we, my brothers and sisters, love God and love others? How does that happen here? And as I said, as our leadership team tackled that question, three main areas emerged. Did you catch them on the video? Wish we'd have time. I'd love to hear some of your guesses. But uh, here's the three that um, we're going to organize this at least into this coming week and series. At West Bowles, we love God and love others in, in these three ways. By helping people discover identity, by helping people find community, and by helping people 
make a difference. We want to help each other to discover our identity, to find community, and to make a difference. These things surround, it seems to us, love God and love others. Without them, even, uh, we're not as able as we could be to fully love God and fully love others. And so we're going to take each of these in turn, beginning this morning and next week as well, with uh, uh, Discover Identity. West Bowles is a place where you can, Lord willing, discover your identity. And more specifically, we want to be a place where each of us discovers our identity in Christ. And I want to emphasize that for us this morning. There's a lot of ways we can tackle identity. 50 different ways at least crossed my mind this week, and I kept coming back to that rather churchy phrase, in Christ. And when I say churchy phrase, what I mean is those of us in the church, if you've been in the church uh, any length of time, you would all get correct on a true-false test, true or false, as followers of Jesus, I am in or we are in Christ. True or false? I don't think anybody would say false, but the risk that churchy phrases have sometimes, even for lifelong Christians, let alone uh, uh, any new folks or any new seekers who are, who, who are um, seeking this God who is love, churchy phrases, we tend to know them and be able to get true or false questions right, but we don't know what in heaven they mean exactly. And this may be one of those phrases, isn't it? If you're like me, as I looked at it and as our leadership team looked at it, we spent hours, you know, what does it mean to be in Christ? That we're Christian or Christ in or in Christ. How would you answer the question? What does it mean that you are in Christ? The Apostle Paul um, gives us great insight into what it means to be in Christ. Many places, I've pulled two um, passages, you see them listed in the Bible. The first I want to just read for you is in Colossians 2. And Paul puts it this way. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, that's when God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken that. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. In Galatians 2, Paul also says this, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. This life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And oh, my brothers and sisters in Christ, and oh, any of you who may not yet know Jesus as your Lord and Savior for both groups today, 
If I could give you one takeaway from the message this morning to carry with you through the week and through the months and through your lives even, it might well be this. If anyone asks you who you are, if you ever wonder, who are you really? I hope you can answer, you know who I am? I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Would you say that after me? Just to, just, just, I know some people aren't into like responsive thing in church, and, and I admit it's like sometimes you, you're, you're trying to do it together, and it's like you don't even, uh, you're trying to stay together, and you miss like what it's really saying, right? But can we push through that? Because I, I wouldn't like to have you physically at least even say those words, and don't worry if you're in unison with someone else. Express this once and see what it even feels like and, and, and what emotions do, does it start to, uh, um, to create even. Say these words after me, please. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Do you really believe that? Do we really believe? Not just with our heads, where we can check the true or false, but with all of every part of who we are, do we really believe and accept and own that God did forgive all our sin because he loves us. Do we really believe that? Do we really believe and accept that not only Christ, but as Paul says, our sin itself was nailed to the cross and that while Christ was raised from the dead, our sins were not, they stayed dead, so complete and so thorough is God's love and forgiveness. Do we really believe that wonderful truth? If we do, if we really believe that, if we really believe that sin is dead, and it's tough to have any power over anything when you're dead, if we really believe that it's now Christ who lives in us, then why, why, my friends, do we so often, it seems to me, allow our sin, our imperfections, and our weaknesses, why do we so often allow them to cripple us with shame and guilt and fear. Shame is a feeling of humiliation or inadequacy. Guilt means blame or fault. 
And fear is, in this context, to be afraid. If we really believe I no longer live, but Christ lives in me, that I am Christ in me, then why do we so often allow humiliation, blame, and fear to control us when Jesus took that all with him to the grave so that we no longer need to be afraid? And it's hugely ironic, isn't it, that when we are often afraid, what we're often afraid of is feeling shame and guilt before God and before others. I, um, I grew up in a Christian home. I don't remember a time that I didn't know the Lord. And uh, for that, I am deeply, deeply grateful to my mom and dad. Thanks, mom and dad. <laughs> But despite, despite having a lifelong relationship with Christ, I continue to struggle with this. I continue to struggle with the freedom that I have from shame and guilt and fear because I am in Christ. Do you ever struggle with that? Especially, you know, uh, in church and with the people who are closest to me. Because the people I care about the most are the ones I'm most uh, ashamed of my own weaknesses. And so it's very difficult for me to admit and confess my imperfections and weaknesses. How about you? Do you do... I, I know people who do that so easily. I need to spend some time with y'all. <laughs> I tend to get defensive and overly sensitive to criticism, even helpful critique from uh, people who love me and want what's best for me because I'm ashamed of my imperfections and weaknesses. But wait a minute. If I am Christ in me, then am I really ashamed of Christ when I'm ashamed of who I am? And in an odd sort of way, when I allow shame and guilt and blame to rest on me, is that an odd form of pride and ego? What I mean by that is I was in the home builders class this morning and Mike Sexton taught and I took notes on my notepad. I had a napkin. <laughs> he said something that just resonated with me. He said, uh, you know, he said, we're geared to performance-oriented approval. You think that's true? Are we geared to performance-oriented approval? It all started with Santa Claus. <laughs> Uh-oh, never mind. <laughs> Don't touch Santa, right? If you're good, you get. If you don't, you don't. 
Isn't that performance-oriented approval? And if we're geared toward that, and suddenly it becomes me and my job to somehow earn grace, and, and the shame that controls me is linked to pride in sort of a way, because I'm not allowing and letting Christ to take that and to free me from that. Ugh. You know, a couple of weeks ago, um, if you were here, I shared with you that um, I didn't think I was a very good pastor. I was a pretty good teacher, but I didn't think I was a very good pastor. And um, that was really hard for me to share that with you. I don't know if you knew that. I was afraid of what you might think. And I thought, you know, what if there are people visiting the church who might want to make this their church home? Why we're glad you're here at West Bowles. We hope you're considering West Bowles as your church home. Um, and one of the things you'll have when you get here is, a, you know, a, a crappy pastor. That doesn't seem to sell very well. Huh? I hope West Bowles Community Church is a place where you can tell your story, your real one. And you can tell it in Christ free from shame and guilt and fear. And it's odd, isn't it, that sometimes a church, that's the last place you do that? Why? Yeah, I hear it. No, 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 no. Jeffrey, what will people think of me? Will they reject me? Man, I'll tell you, in the seven years that I've been here, this is one thing that I have really enjoyed about you guys. You've helped me tremendously in growing and even getting to the point now where it's deeply on my heart just to be who I am, warts and all. Yikes! Okay, warts and all. And that that's okay. And just even talking about it, right? It's like, Instead, um, sometimes, especially in church, um, especially when shame and guilt and fear kind of hound us, what are we tempted to do? We're, we're, uh, um, we're, we're tempted to pretend, aren't we? To become pretentious. Pretentiousness is a, a, a showy attempt to, to kind of uh, appear better than we really are. Mike said something else at Home Builders this morning. Mike, you're up to preach too. <laughs> Mike said this, isn't it, 
we dare not bring our junk, we dare not bring our stuff, our hard stuff, the stuff that causes us shame, we dare not bring it into the light. Boy, I hope West Bowles Church is a place where we dare, not just dare to bring it into the light, but feel that we indeed can bring it into the light without shame, without guilt, and without fear. In humility, sure. But humility is different. Humility is recognizing, you know what? My own salvation, my own perfection is not up to me. It's no coincidence that Paul uses a personal pronoun, I no longer live. There is no room for ego as a follower of Jesus. I no longer live, but Christ who lives in me. And so square one, one piece at least it seems to us, is that who are we? We are in Christ. And so we are a place that can share without shame and without guilt and without fear our real story. So help us God. Amen? That's one piece of identity we all have in common. And our God is so amazing that he even goes further and gives us individual identity on top of that one in community. That's what Nathan's going to talk about next week. Don't miss it. It's going to be great. Let's pray. And uh, following the prayer, we'll have um, a musical uh, benediction. And after that, you're dismissed. Let's pray. Father in heaven, it's so easy for many of us to allow shame and guilt and fear to still rule over us even though it's dead in Christ. Instead of that, continue dabbling with death, Father. Would you impress upon us anew that we are alive in Christ and that it truly is I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Father, would you make this place a safe place, a place free from humiliation, free from blame, and free from fear when it comes to who we are. And remind us daily that while we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us because he loves us. And allow that, Father, to indeed change the world. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen.